Welcome to Playing With Fire, the podcast for people who are ready to custom build their love. We're talking about non-monogamy, however you design it, as an individuation opportunity. Want to leave the default and make your life spectacularly you? You're in the right place. Yay, Megan! I'm so happy you're here with me. Hi, Jolie. I'm ecstatic to be here with you. I love our time together. I totally love our time together. And, um, you know, get, hopping on this particular call in this particular moment of, of each of our lives will make a particular conversation. But you are one of the people in the world who I genuinely, I'm like, it doesn't actually matter what's going on in my life, in my head, what's happening. It'll be good. It's going to be good. So, I love that. That sounds like a secure friendship we have. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Like, I'm like, I know I can show up exactly as I am. And ditto, ditto, yeah. ditto, ditto, my friend. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm feeling the relationship energy already just being here with you. And I wanted to comment real quick before we get into things that Ken's not with me on this episode only because he's in a, an important meeting that um, it, he's just on a deadline. So... Ken also loves time talking to Megan. So he is currently sending his best and wanted to give me, give you a big virtual hug because. Thank you. And yeah, ditto. Life. Ditto, ditto. Know? I can't wait to give you guys real hugs in person. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. So this is what we're talking about though. There is, mm -hmm. we're finally going to be in meet space. So you and I tried to get together and create real space activity last year and every possible thing got in the way. But this year nothing, nothing will stop us because it's happening. <laughs> the nature of relating retreat is happening in Costa Rica, where you live in November, mm -hmm. November 9th to 14th, right? That's when we scheduled yeah. and it's us. And I'm so excited. And I wanted to introduce you again. I know some of my audience has listened to our, our back catalog and they'll have heard from you. And I'm sure some of them are familiar with you from Amory podcast, but yeah, we're going to do this thing. So let's tell them, mm -hmm. like, what does it mean to talk about the nature of relating? Why are we going to Costa Rica? Like, why oh that even? Why not? <laughs> really, why I mean, not? That's, that's it fair. is so beautiful. So just a little backstory on how we ended up in Costa Rica, because we currently live there now um, yeah. with my husband, uh, our two kids, and then our partners. And, uh, and so we started traveling around the world four and a half years ago, sold our house, started traveling. And it's like, I knew in my heart, we were looking for a new place to live. We just didn't know where it was going to be. And we ended up in Costa Rica after many countries, many continents. And it just feels like home. It feels beautiful. We get to connect with the, the elements of nature every day. I, I live right on the beach. So I wake up and watch the ocean and the waves roll in. And there's something so therapeutic about that walking on the beach, feeling my feet on the sand and feeling grounded by the earth, having sun, so much sun and also periods of rain. It's just like, it is so therapeutic for my body. So, but that's mm. why Costa Rica, <laughs> because literally I feel like it brings my nervous system to a more calm, grounded place. And so I'm so invited. I'm so excited to invite people to experience Costa Rica because being in held in nature like that, I feel like we have access to a different part of our body, of our consciousness, uh, of this more connected feel with being a part of nature. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just even the backdrop of what it is that we're doing. Um, but the backdrop matters that, so much. So it much. does. That's what we're held in, you right. know? And when you're held in a space like that, when your nervous system calms down and you're like, oh, I feel good here. I feel safe. I feel energized and peaceful at the same time. And now I'm with this incredible group of people right. um, who also are understanding and like-minded and I feel safe with them. And you ask the question, what does it mean, the title, na The Nature of Relating? Uh, to me, that phrase came up a couple months, at least a couple months ago, when I realized that what I was personally doing was this inquiry into the nature of relating. And then I thought it was kind of a fun play on words, you know, because yes. coming to Costa Rica, we're in nature. And so, um, but no, really, what, like, what does it mean to relate? That question is so simple. And yet to me is so profound. 
you know, we spend our whole lives relating, relating to ourselves, relating to others, relating to our environment, relating to everything. To me, that is my filter on life. We, we don't exist except through our relationships because that's how we see ourselves. And we see ourselves in contrast or, or in similarity or in connection. There's, there's like in the, the whole universe. And this is where Ken and I like to geek out is like everything, the planets, the stars, the universe. It's like, and even down to the smallest molecular level, the atoms, you know, they are all in relationship to each other. And so they're sharing something. They are bonded by something, whether or not that is gravity, that is a pull, that is, uh, they're sharing an electron. It's like, and then to me, it's like, what are we actually sharing between right. people? And I'm just fascinated by that question. Like what you and I, you and I have a, a friendship, a relationship, like what actually are we exchanging? Right. We're exchanging <laughs> information and energy and, and pieces of ourselves and a knowing. And I just, I'm fascinated by it. And so that's like my inner geek coming out saying like, who else is fascinated by this human experience of relating. And when we get to put that into the context of a relationship structure in particular, when you step out of the mold and the script of monogamy and you're realizing, well, I can relate however I want to relate. Like, I don't even know how to be in that freedom, that space. Like I get to make my agreements. I get to feel right. what I feel. Like it's, it's to me so delicious, like this topic. So I want to geek out on, on this topic with other people. I want to hear from you and others. I want to create a space to ask questions, to dive deep, um, to explore our consciousness, to explore what there is in between us, like all of that. Mm-hmm. That was a very long answer, but does that make sense? Oh, well, it makes sense to my body. My body's like a full yes, Megan. Yes. <laughs> so I want to just mention for the people who imagine that I might be a full yes, because this sounds easy for me. I just want to say it, it wasn't. And I, I, I'm not like a natural traveler. I am not a person who's ever just like put everything she owns in a car and driven across even the country, let alone around the world. Um, I instead have been incredibly rooted to exactly the land where I was raised. I still live there. Mm. And so my experience is so much about, about being rooted in this place that for me, going to Costa Rica is an adventure. It's, it is pushing my edges, right? And, and invites me into that space of like, well, so who am I? when I am not feeling that rootedness, the rootedness that I have here Mm. in my little Western Massachusetts Valley that I'm in, what is relationship for me when I change that context? But also like, it is a little scary. And that I think is like right at the heart of what people are often, like this is what they're doing often when they're listening to playing with fire is they're often thinking about or having just shifted something inside of themselves to make space for relating in a different way, or at least contemplating like what happens if I try to really make conscious agreements? What happens if I design my relationship for me, for the people I'm relating to? And that can be the most terrifying thing that you've ever done. If it's like, if you've always been in the default, I lived in the default for 33 and a third years. (laughs) And it was like jumping off a cliff. So for me, the mirror is about like, yeah, even just going to Costa Rica is a bit of a a cliff jump for me. Good one, a safe one, because I get to land where you are, which is lovely. Um, But also, like, I feel like it also puts me in the same space that other people who are joining us will be having their own like dysregulation and their own experience of like, do I belong? Do like, am I, am I? am I geeky enough or am I, am I, am I open enough or am I, right? I can imagine people with these ideas about whether they belong. But I think, I think you and I agree that the answer is if you're interested in the nature of how we relate in this embodied state that we've wound up in, you, you belong. Like you, yes. <laughs> that question is yes. interesting. Oh it's not my about, God. And- it's not about any relationship structure, really, though we certainly no. are ready to talk about that. Yeah, it's, it's so I love bigger. that you brought up, I, I love that you brought up that 
tension mm. that you feel stepping out of the comfort zone, right? Yeah. It's like, this is where I feel safe. This is where I know my identity. There's uncertainty here. I feel unknown here. And I think that is exactly the group of people that will be attracted to, and already, you know, we're already partially filled for the retreat, but for this, the, this experience of the nature of relating. And personally, I want to just thank you for being so vulnerable to say, hey, this is a stretch for me going outside of my comfort zone. Uh, I remember the conversation you and I had about that and where it was like an invitation. (laughs) I think that that's- good ones. Good ones. But good ones. When we know that we're like, oh, this this feels like it's pulling me in a way. I actually just talked to somebody yesterday about the retreat. And when we were close to getting off the phone, she had tears in her eyes where she was just like, I feel this. I feel like this is what my body wants. Like I want to be in this space where I have time to reflect on myself, on on relating this way, to be held with other people in a safe space. And there were tears that came up. So I think, you know, when we feel ourselves at that point of tension of like, I want this and it's a little scary, it is such a beautiful point. And I think that that's that's like my sweet spot. I love that part. I love that tension. And I find that I I personally have a relationship to my fear that is like, you know, like I said, we relate to everything. So what is my personal relationship to fear? It's like, oh, there's something there for me. And instead of being avoidant with my fear or try to control my fear, it's like, oh, I feel that. That feels scary. Okay. Mm -hmm. And now I have a relationship to that. Like, oh, I think that there's something there for me, you know? And when I can admit that, when I feel that fear and go, okay, fear, I feel you. I hear you. Okay. I accept, I accept your call. And I think that this is a safe container to establish and have that relationship to fear to say like, I don't, you know, there's some fear that's like, okay, that's outside of my comfort zone. That feels really scary. And I don't, I'm not willing to go there, but I feel afraid here. And I have a different pull to this experience. And I feel like, um, I have this phrase that I that I use, and I know we talked about it different ways, but experiential alchemy mm-hmm. is what the container that I feel like it is created for the participants of the retreat, because everybody's bringing something slightly different. You know, we all come, and none of us have exactly the same relationship structure. None of us have the same life experiences. We're all different. We all have slightly different values, but when, when we can all come together and be held in a space that feels safe to allow whatever learning there is to arise naturally and organically and experientially, which is why we've planned so many experiential experiences, individual and group. um, I feel like the learning doesn't have to be controlled. It's just like you are going to bring your particular syllabus of life to the retreat and you are going to get out of the retreat, what you are meant to get out of this experience, because that is what's there for you. Like I'm speaking directly to you, Julie, on like the things that are like you're ripe for, like what you're ready. And, and then it's different for everybody, including myself, you know, like we're holding space also, but also there's experiences for us. So yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. I, I, so I'm so with you on the, I have, I've long thrived at the, what I call the, um, the elastic edge of my comfort zone. Like, so I don't want to go out into the fear zone where I busted the elastic and like the, like the, oh, that, because at that point I am now dysregulated to a point where it will be incredibly difficult for me to integrate my learning or to even take in. And I might just be in recovery and survival mode, but there is, these are some stretchy lives we've got. Like we're, (laughs) we're grownups. We've got this like delicious stretchiness and a, and a lot of us. So for me, place is one of the, the things that I use being my psychology of places. It has me rooted here. I'm actually rooted, not even just to the land, but to the river that runs behind my house. Ken and I both grew up on it. The river itself has called us back over and over and over again when we've said we should leave. And then we're like, nope, it's actually here. We should leave. Nope. It's here. And we get this message. So that's a, that is part of my pillars. But that says nothing about what I can do in the elastic edge. Like that's mm-hmm. that's what travel is for. Like if so, if my roots are here, but I get to go be, yeah, at the edge. Like I, I, I know that that means I will have experiences that push me in ways that I cannot be experiencing 
here. I, I just can't. Yeah. So it's not just context. I want to like make that clear. It's it's actually because I will be putting myself into that stretchy edge. I'll be like, okay. And then within the experience too, like we, I know we designed it so that people can pick and choose. Nobody has to show up for class. Nobody mm-hmm. has to like where you pick and choose. So if you're in a recovery morning and you're like integrating and you're taking this in and you're great, then you'll do that. Maybe you'll be moving on the beach. Maybe you'll be like, what? Mm-hmm. that's all good because it, that's exactly what it's for. It's so that we can show up and you'll, there'll be a buffet of options in front of you. Exactly. I love that because everybody knows what they need. When you can lean into yourself to say like, oh yeah, this topic, I want to talk about this particular topic. I want to be in conversation. Or you're like, oh man, I'm still, I'm enjoying this conversation with these people here. And we're like in flow. We're just going to stay in this conversation and not feel like we're missing out on anything. We are empowered. Like we are being empowered to choose and create our own experience of this. And like you said, with a buffet of experiences and options, which I'm happy to talk more about. Yeah. It, you know, I think too, when people talk about fear, sometimes they, um, there's this great book called the monarchy of fear. It's, it's a wonderful book. I really love it because, um, the writer, longtime um, researcher really dug into the, the details and the data, but also just wrote for our personal experiences. And, you know, fear is so powerful and so Mm -hmm. helpful. And I relate to fear actually pretty similarly to how you do, I think, Megan, though in different areas, right? Our stretchy Mm -hmm. zones are in different areas Mm -hmm. and our solid zones are in different areas. But something that I came to be really in tune with through my jealousy research. So jealousy is at heart a a fear that a a relationship that we value will be interrupted. And in my research, the data showed about 30% of people, and I, these are very small qualitative samples, so I don't have big numbers, but about 30% of my participants also experience arousal in their jealousy. So to me, I'm like, mm-hmm. right, let's not forget that a lot of us feel arousal when we feel fear. Think about getting mm-hmm. on a roller coaster. Think about like, right, mm-hmm. so as long as we feel that security of the, of the you know, the, the when the lap band like clicks in on the roller coaster... From there on, my fear can be delicious. And I like I, I I'm in it. And honestly, I feel the same thing even about getting on a plane. Once we're taxiing, I'm like, well, if something happens, then this was the choice I made. And there's this delicious freedom in like having mm-hmm. decided. It's total bliss. I mm-hmm. I love it. So I mean, that's why I'm going I- so that's why I'm doing this with you. Cause it does put me at that edge where I know I'm going to come up against multiple moments of like, Oh, I'm just going to okay. decide and ride the fear. I am going to ride the fear in the sexiest, juiciest, yummiest embodied way I can think of. Okay. Oh my God. I love this so much. It's such a great conversation. Yeah. That, that, that tension that is created from that fear, like if we just did all the things that we felt safe in, there's actually no additional energy generated. And I realized this when I was really young, I decided to be an exchange student when I was 17 and I went to Belgium and I lived there for a year with people I didn't know speaking a language I was far from fluent in. And so I feel like there's this like, I have a relationship to that, like to the stretching, like how much can I stretch myself? Because I love the excitement that comes out of it. I really Mm. do. And I love seeing when I came back from that year and I was like, oh my God, you guys travel. Like I learned so much about myself. I feel so much more confident. I did so many things I didn't know I could do. Like I know myself to be different than I was a year ago. And honestly, I I would get up and speak to any audience that would have me. I went back to my high school. I went back to any high school to talk to kids about travel at that level. And there might, in an audience of like 300 people, there might be three people that came up to me afterwards to be like, oh my God, I would love to go. I don't know if my parents will let me, but there's, and, and I, not to mention like being 18 years old and like wanting to speak in front of hundreds of people. I think there was some acknowledgement at even that young age that when, when I put myself into those experiences, standing up and talking in front of people, traveling like that, I had to elevate myself at a, in a way that I didn't necessarily know how it was going to be. And there was some excitement in there. And I think that has continued. I think that there's no doubt in my mind that I have this relationship structure because it kind of 
makes me be present and conscious in my relationships and with myself at a level that wasn't really required, you know, when I was just relating in the container of monogamy. So I find this pattern keeps repeating. And again, to bring it back to the nature of relating, what if we could see these patterns in ourselves? What if we could see like, oh, this is this is how I'm currently relating to that element. And this is how it shows up right. in my relationship with myself, in the things I choose to do, in my relationships with others. Like, what if I shifted part of that relationship? What if I could invite myself into a different relationship with fear or with uh, whatever it is, joy, you know, like, or, or people or places or things. And like, what if we could have curiosity and play with all of these things, like variables that are part of our human experience Mm -hmm. and what kind of life could we create, you know, for ourselves, for our community, for the world at large. I think we need some new templates (laughs) for our world. (laughs) So I see the people that come to the retreat as like explorers explorers of a new way of existing and being and that we're like bringing something new uh, into our personal lives and then beyond and that's what really excites me I was like what can we create together you know what conversations are going to light people up that change something and that they go back to their community and then something's different and then they start relating to the people in their community a little differently and then there's like new possibilities that people didn't know were there I don't know I just I love I love this whole concept yeah, I, I well, it's it's helpful to me to remember that everything we do, every single thing we do, is like you said, it 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 will impact everyone around us. We cannot be in this world without impacting others. And I know some of us find safety in crossing our fingers and hoping that that's not true, even if we're not admitting it, right? It's it's easy to imagine. Even for instance, I, I watch people open their marriages and like they'll go from a monogamous paradigm and they'll start to open and they'll struggle because they imagine that they can somehow contain and cordon off and there, there will be no change, right? Like they will remain exactly the same. And yet every action we take, I mean, every single one, it creates change. We know, like, we know this. I know I'm, my audience is well-read and well-versed. They know that we all change things, but there is something about our embodied experience of it where we can pretend that that's not true. And Mm -hmm. that sense of, you know, like psychologically, we will do anything to protect our identity. We like, that is at core. We will do anything to protect the I am um, and I was just listening to Christopher Wallace talk and he said, you know, it's because am the word am functions as an equal sign. And I was like, mm. right. So I am. So whatever I am, I literally am. It is me. So we protect it. And so, you know, for, for me, it was even thinking about like, okay, I'm going to go beyond Costa Rica's beaches. Okay. That means putting on a bathing suit. I don't love, like, that is not my favorite experience. I struggle with that off and on. I have struggled with it my whole life. I'll still do it. Like I do scary things every day. I'll do it, mm-hmm. but I'll do it scared. Um, but some of it's because I'm like, oh, um, I the sun, the sun and I have an interesting relationship. Like, so even just relating literally to the nature, yes, you're like, wow. oh, it's just juicy. And we'll, you know, we'll be on the beach and it'll be all the sun. And I'm like, that, even that is scary to me. And that, yeah. and, and so that's what I'll be dealing with and facing while you know, we'll also have conversations about like, well, okay, how, how do we create a really solid relationship agreement that really is more of a philosophy than a set of rules? How do we do that? That like, I, I'm, I feel safe. I feel comfortable. I feel mm-hmm. so calm and relaxed and regulated. But yeah, when we get on the catamaran, I'm sure I'm going to be like, okay, who's going to hold my hand? Who's going to oh, hold my hand? I will be right there with you. <laughs> and I just, I love that the everyone brings different gifts because your space where you feel so solid on like, yeah, creating these agreements and like all of that, like you hold such a solid space there. And that is such a gift for other people to step into your beingness there right mm-hmm. and for them I to be feel held. So solid. And they can feel solid like you feel solid exactly. standing next to me because i'm like no i promise i got this we we can do this yeah and yeah. i will be there holding your hand to be like your body is beautiful feel the sun on it 
and and let it come in as a nurturing resource to you let it. let it hit every part and say i there's there could never be anything wrong with my body because this is exactly how it is right. and and to be in that to feel that love and i know that that's kind of my bend my angle and what i bring to it is more an element of self love how do we nurture ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually? How do we allow ourselves to be resourced? How do we create a safe, secure relationship with ourselves? Like that is to me like the super juicy because things emanate out from there. And I am so thrilled that you hold this space of how do we work together? How do we create these agreements together? And you do a lot more work with couples. I do a lot more work with individuals in this space. And I think together, like our our ability to hold those two pieces and then allow for the freedom of whatever comes up for people is, oh, it's, it's going to be fantastic. It is. I Well, I've genuinely felt every single time we have spoken since we first met, like, oh, we're multipliers. We're meant to be in each other's space because in so many ways we are polarized. I know we talk all the time about masculine and feminine energy, and I could get into that because I have my own feelings about how we're using those terms, not necessarily mm. helpfully, but mm -hmm. you and I are polarized in lots of ways. Here we are both happily in, inhabiting our feminine, but we're polarized in lots of ways. And that to me is where all of my Jungian concepts, all of having been trained as a depth psychologist, I'm like, let me help you feel into that because this, this tension is exactly what Jung was talking about when he was talking about the transcendent function. The third thing, the thing that can only be born because these two things are in tension, because they do not agree, because they do not match, because they're, they both repel and attract at the same time. Mm. Because of that, this third thing can be born. And like, yeah. we're literally embodying it by creating the nature of relating retreat. We're like, okay, Jolie's got this part. Megan's got this part. And some of them will feel at odds. Like I felt that in the conversation at first, I was like, oh yeah. And the at oddsness is what makes it so much more than if we were like, let's just do this thing. We're all going to learn this syllabus and we'll like, like it's, it can't be that way. It has to be messy. It has to be mm -hmm. energetic. And very I love that the way that you describe it. Yeah. We're creating an energy and I, so it is a polarity. I've been viewing everything like a continuum, Yeah, you know, that nothing's binary. It's basically a stretched continuum that holds an energetic charge. Right. You know, that is why things exist in waves, you know, right. because we travel through that movement and the movement is the polarity of the trough of that wave. And there is something that moves and that is life. Like that is pure life. If we didn't have that, that tension or the polarity or difference, uh, if we didn't have that contrast, how would we, I don't know if we would exist. No, so I, mean, I love you have this to... delicious tension that's there. That's like, oh, this is energy. How are we going to use it? Where are we going to put it? Yeah. All of that. Yeah. It's the, it is like you said that I, you are focused on self-love and I focus on um, individuation and they're really just different ways of talking about the same the same concept, right? Like coming, becoming more whole, but not an undifferentiated whole, like a baby, not like that, mm. which is beautiful. Love babies, but we are not babies. I want to be this complex web of, of differences and charges and, and pain and, and start like, I'm struggling with pain in one of my body parts right now. And I'm like, mm. oh, right. But every day, every day I'm very, very alive because I have this mm. pain, right? Like it's, Mm, there's so much good stuff. Like we can do, we can do shadow work around it. We can do existential kink work around it. We like, there's so much we can do, especially when we're in real space together, yes. which is also why this is so exciting because we'll be in, oh my God. in real space. I, I love that you brought up even pain because I think it was a Joseph Campbell quote that said, we don't crave, uh, I'm going to totally butcher this, but we don't crave to be happy. We crave to feel alive. Right. Um, and in that is the spectrum of all of the emotions, all of the sensations, all of it. It shows us we are alive. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that is when we stop relating to one side of the spectrum as right and wrong and stop blocking it and just be with, okay, can I be with what is, can I be with what is arising? Can I right. feel this entirely? Um, 
oh shoot, there was another quote that came up and I lost it. (laughs) It's also exactly how I work with jealousy. You know, there are so many people out there talking about curing jealousy, fixing jealousy, um, you know, like let's, let's get rid of it. I'm like, it is just like all of these other delicious, delicious, um, experiences. We have to be real about why they're here. They're here because it's part of life. And if you can learn to relate to them with this open hearted, like, oh, this is me being alive. It feels different. It feels different. It's like, I, I mean, my latest run in with jealousy isn't that long ago and it was hardcore. It's damn, it's really alive. And right now I'm in full on NRE new relationship energy. And it's like (laughs) another whole, oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. I'm unmoored. And yeah. When we try to avoid our emotions, when we try, and Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I spent those first 33 years trying to avoid them. Um, when we do that, we, we rob ourselves of so much, but I notice that a lot of times when people, people are shifting paradigms, or even if they've been open for a long time, but they've been struggling because they've been using like rules based, like I will keep myself safe. They, when they finally get to a spot where they're like, oh, you know what? I'm actually, hang on. I'm going to do the deep dive. I'm just going to like, I'm going to gather my strength. I'm going to gather myself and I'm going into the unknown. And that's where everything shifts. Everything can level up. Everything can be more present. Mm. I haven't shared this with you yet, but I have a a first introductory activity that I want to do that is related to that, to the unknown and a reflection back of how we, yeah, how we exist in that. Don't worry. It's a safe, it's a safe way to experience the unknown. Uh, And, but I've done it with so many groups and it brings up so much conversation and so much reflection just from a a short 20 minute activity. Um, So yeah, I'm so excited to play and, and experience things. And I don't know if you want to get into at all some of the, some of the actual experiences that we have planned. So people can just talk about like, okay, great. We're going to be in there, but we're like, what are we going to be doing? Are we going to the jungle? What's happening? Like, what, what, <laughs> what are we doing exactly? So uh, you, well, you we know will... the details better than I do off the top of your head. So go for it. Yes. So it's, we're going to be on the coast. Uh, it is in, we're going to be in Playa Grande, which is north of Tamarindo. And that's on the Pacific coast in the Nicoya Peninsula. Um, and this is more of a dry area, although it will be nice and lush and green because it will be just after rainy season. So, you know, it is a perfect combination, uh, but it will be right on the beach. We're not going to be in like solid jungle. <laughs> People will get to experience water more often. Uh, some of the things that we have planned, it's a, a mix of things. So personal experiences, ones that allow us to go in, into our inner experience and then more group oriented experiences. So I'll start first by talking about more of the inward bound <laughs> journeys. One of my favorite ones that we did last year, and we got a lot of good feedback on it was a breathwork activity. So it's more along the lines of holotropic breathwork, which is breathwork for 45 minutes. And it can seem really intense. And I know a lot of people were feeling some anxiety before they went in, but I, it was a resounding, like beautiful transformative experience for the participants, because I don't think people realize that they could shift their consciousness through breath alone. And that's, so that's, I just wanted to drop in that Stanislav Goff's work, holotropic breath work. And and that, I just wanted to contextualize that for all of my depth psychology listeners. Like that fits, that drops directly into depth psychology. It like, it is not separate. He worked with the same people who developed all of the other. So for me, it's super exciting because it's just one of the embodied practices that aligns complete with completely with the way I think of psyche. So I'm super yes. excited to have that. It is. I remember being a little anxious the first time I went, went into it. I was like, I don't know what to expect. Um, I'm not sure what's going to come up. I don't even know if I can do breath work like that for 45 minutes. Fast forward to the end of the experience. And I was like, oh my God, I, I was just shown things and received insights that I... I'm like really clear on 
Um, I felt a calmness in my body that lasted a good day or two afterwards because it really resets the central nervous system. Mm -hmm. Um, I love it. I've been facilitating breath work over the last year or so. So I'm, I'm excited to have people experience that. Um, that's a very inward experience. We'll do it more towards the beginning of the journey, most or beginning of the retreat, most likely so that people have time to integrate some of the experiences from that. Um, there will be movement. So for people that want to are, are already comfortable with movement or want to play with that, there will be a range of experiences, anything from yoga to um, kind of a, I don't know what to call it. My friend Lisa does these beautiful beach workouts, but they're involved in like getting onto the sand. And you know how as adults, we're just like, oh, sand, like I'm not going to. Right. Like we don't don't want to get sandy. It's like we have a fear of sand, but she like brings you into it. We're like, we're going to roll in this. We're going to feel it. We're going to feel our body on it. And honestly, even the science of what happens to our body, we get so grounded Mm -hmm. in, in the earth, in the sand. I, I am on a high for the rest of the day after I do a workout with her on the beach. So I love that that experience. That mm-hmm. too, like thinking about the, um, it reminds me of contact improv, but with the earth, like directly yes. with the earth. I, I've, and I've it's watched well your guided yeah. and facilitated. Like she was a personal trainer in New York for 20 years. So it's not just like, Hey, we're going to just dance on the beach and roll around. It's like, okay, Hey, do this movement. Let me, yeah. let me support you. Let's correct this a little bit. How does that feel? So I feel so held in her space as she, um, yeah, she just holds that for people nice. and guides us. We'll be doing, if I get a chance, what I love is more of the ecstatic dance experience for the people that want to push the envelope that way and know that when you move your body, there's this inner judge or critic that comes up. Am I doing this right? Does this look okay? Like that to me is a spiritual practice. And I dance on the beach by myself multiple times a week. And it has been a practice to remove or not remove, but like see my inner critic and say, I hear you. And I let you go. I yeah. hear you and I'm okay. I'm safe in my body. I hear you and this movement is okay. There's nothing, I could never move my body wrong. How could There's I, how wrong. could you move a body wrong? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so that for the people that want to push the edge um, and I'm hoping that it can be paired up with a friend DJ that I'm, I'm working on getting in the space too. That's TBD. Uh, but yeah, like that body movement to me is, is a way to bring us into ourselves in a, in a way that, I don't, I think, I don't think we get to experience very often and there's no better way than breath work and movement to bring you into your, your own space. Right. Um, I don't know if it's okay or kosher to say we will have an optional, it is. optional psilocybin experience, um, a smaller, like not a huge, not a huge dose, but a smaller one that can um, allow you to step into a different level of your own consciousness and to be yeah. safe and held and experience that. And I facilitated this now with women's groups here. Um, and it is, we did it last year. People really enjoyed that. It's not, it's not the expansive kind that you're like, Oh my God, this was earth shattering, you know, like totally out. I was outside of my body. This will be like a nice, a little step into it. Um, and I find that it can, to me, I view psilocybin as ways to reset our nervous system and they have, you know, mushrooms or fungi have been around for a billion years. They've existed on this planet. I think they've got something around like, okay, how do we survive? (laughs) And I do think that there's a very beautiful symbiotic relationship between the human psyche and what the fungus world can offer us when done in a safe space. So that will be optional, optional, optional for people that want to experience it. I'm excited that you're holding that space because I think a lot of people who travel out of country, you know, if you're listening in the U.S., are are curious, like, okay, where where could I do that mm-hmm. in a place where I'm held safely? Um, and it's it's not something that I do in my personal experience. It's just not, and I find it doesn't even feel threatening to me. It's just where I live, it's not a thing, mm-hmm. and yeah. you live in a place where it's a thing. So I like that you're just making this. It is available. There is an optional way for people to experience that without feeling like, okay, I'm going out of country. So how do I do that? Instead, you who have already practiced so much, you're, you're there. I will tell you, I learned this from one of my friends who facilitates yoga retreats and people were doing it anyway. You know, she's just like, oh, these people took this whole night or this part of it and they did it themselves. And and she was like, I'm just going to integrate it next time because people are seeking out the experience anyway. Might as well hold them as a safe container. Right. Um, Exactly. So and it is it is being used in very therapeutic ways. So I do want to let people know it's not it's something I relate to with respect. 
Um, it's not something that I view as like, oh, let's just go do this and do it recklessly. Um, but it is being used for people in a way to support them in their growth, to let go, to move through things, to move, let, like, I really do think it, it moves things through our body in a way that sometimes our direct, you know, prefrontal cortex can't like, we can't think our way through it. <laughs> right. And it's so just another tool. Maybe this is a good time to mention that the goal of the nature of relating is not a, it's not a hookup event. That's not what it is. I think this is a good moment to say that. Like, so everybody Uh who's coming is an adult. The, in fact, the hotel Mm -hmm. is 18 and over anyways. So we're not in charge of what you do with your bodies. That's, that's up to you, but that is not the purpose. The purpose is for us to be in this space where we're, where we're really exploring the nature of relating. Um, if you want to talk, in fact, Ken and I have already recorded episodes on how to host a sex party on how to create, um, power dynamics, all of that. And we can talk about that. And if, if stuff winds up being explored by people, that is, that is up to you. Like you're in your life. (laughs) And I just wanted to clarify that because I think, unfortunately, there's a conflation out there that as soon as you talk about opening, we're talking about, okay, you have to throw the doors open and you have to just be down for everything. And that is nothing could be further from the truth for me or for you. I know. Like, this is a place where you and I, our hearts are so aligned. So I just want to name that. Like, Thank you for bringing that up. I'm super sex positive and that means you don't need to. (laughs) Yes. This is about understanding relationships, being empowered in what you do. I'm all about learning and sharing. Like those are my two fundamental values, like learn, share. Like I love talking to people, connecting what comes out of it comes out of it. I know that two people from the retreat last year ended up having a really good connection. I don't, this stuff is going to happen. That happens. happens. And like you said, people are adults. And so you you do you boo, like you do, you do, you do whatever feels good and we won't be keeping track of it. But then the, the purpose of it is not a hookup. Not, it's not like there's hookup no culture. Dating. It's we're not. Yeah, no. <laughs> this is not. No, you're this not is like, like looking to fill your dance card. No, because it, this is really get to know you get to know, like, what does it right. mean to relate? Like, where's your where? And honestly, that's even I think more pr- probably could be more scary than like, well, oh, just these it. physical experiences. I think that's actually the thing. So the last, um, the last big event I went to before COVID kind of put the kibosh on all the, the, the events that I went to, um, it was, you know, total hookup culture. It was, it was very much that. And it was great because we all knew going into it, that that was exactly what we were going to. And it's a completely different experience. And I noticed how many people had checked their emotions at the door because of it. And that's so that we can't do the work that we actually want to do if you check your emotions at the door. So that's why I think it's so important to say we are super sex positive here. I will and I will go to bat for anybody who wants to talk about any of that. I am a certified sexuality educator. Um, I love that. And and Mm -hmm. there's so much more to talk about and to be with. Um, So I don't want people to focus on that, because if that were the goal, there'd be so much that we would all miss. Because Thank we you. Have our and, attention on uh, direction. So I'm going to add another boundary pushing request is yeah. that I I like to limit alcohol on this. So I stopped drinking for a full year during the first year of lockdown. And that actually was super helpful in my own personal evolution. I didn't realize how much I was just even reaching for a glass of wine when I felt a little bit of discomfort. So I'm going to invite people to not drink alcohol for the majority of the event, knowing that when we go on the catamaran, like, okay, great. Like, you know, have, have a little bit, maybe the final farewell dinner, have a little bit, but I actually think it takes, like, I, I want people to be as present and conscious as possible. Mm. And I find that alcohol numbs us. It numbs what we're feeling. We can't like, yeah, it might release some inhibitions, but it's, we can't check in and be with ourselves in a way that we can when we are completely conscious. So I, I think that piece for me would be a request. Um, it's not, if people end up deciding like, oh, they want to drink great again, like people are adults are going to do what they're going to do. I'm not here to police. Like I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to do anything. I'm here to make the request to say, if that would push your boundaries to be in a social situation and not rely on alcohol to calm your nervous system. Right. Yeah. Like if that is a stretch, then I invite you to do it. And I think you will be pleasantly surprised at at how you feel in your body on what's available and how you're able to be, be and create in these intimate moments with people just being yourself, you know? Yeah. 
I is it and that that feels like a perfectly yummy request to me because I'm also I'm doing um I'm doing ISTA soon. The uh, it's a, Oh my God, yeah. that's I've heard so much about and it. Same thing. Like mm-hmm. we're we're just we're not drinking during that mm-hmm. experience because it would block us from having the whole experience. It's you yes. know, I don't feel judged in any way about that. I just like, oh, that's just we we just want to be present to the experience and I, I'm excited because one of the ways that I feel safe is when everybody is checked in and present, like my nervous mm-hmm. system chills. And for people who are struggling, if you're at your growth edge, not using alcohol for that, then remember, so Ken and I both teach um, neurosomatic intelligence. We are both available and around. Ken loves just, you know, like ask him for a deep dive and like we can set you up with a few tools to use to re-regulate your nervous system quickly in those moments when you're like, oh, this is when I would reach. This is what I would do. Yeah. Like we have mm-hmm. these, this, this handy toy box filled with like, Hey, let's play these with these tools instead. And it's really, I really love helpful. you guys. Yeah. Oh my gosh. On that note, can you talk a little bit more about the workshops that you're going to be presenting on? Yeah. So I, that is, I just talked about the individual experiences and then we also are going to have these group workshops available. Yeah. I'm really excited to make, so my, my people often ask me like, why do you do this work? And I'm like, okay, here's the thing. I do this work because non-monogamy is an individuation opportunity. My core commitment is to individuation. So I want to do shadow work with you. Like, okay. And what that, what does that mean? What does that really mean? So the, the term shadow, right. Comes directly out of Jungian psychology based out of thousands of years of pre-writing by philosophers and religious thinkers and, and bringing shadow work into our lived experience takes it out of the Instagram world of like, Mm -hmm. let's all do our shadow work. And like, let's do some, let's actually just be there and do some of that. Um, specifically, uh, around the topic of NRE and jealousy, because those Mm. two topics often cause, great big stuff to come up. And that doesn't mean like you may even just witness someone else doing a piece of shadow work around their jealousy or around their experience of NRE. You don't, you know, we can do this in a small group and be, and hold that space and say, okay, um, the be- the, the most delicious experiences of shadow work I've ever had were witnessed ones, one ones where I'm being witnessed by safe watchers and the watchers receive as well. Like there's mm-hmm. the gratitude and we'll hold that with gratitude and, and clarity. Um, and I also like, I mean, that is part of individuation work. You know, Jung said that the shadow is the, it's the narrow space we squeeze through to get to the rest of our work. So a lot of times people stop there. They're like, okay, I did my shadow work. Like, first off, it's never done. So there you go. (laughs) But also um, it is only the squeeze through. That is only the entry point to knowing yourself. So I'm really excited to talk about, um, to talk about how we make, like, how do we make agreements? How, like, how does that actually work? Like really just how does it work to have a relationship philosophy? Uh, Like really. And I know you are super jazzed about this too. I feel like this is a conversation. I'm like, I want to be in in. on this one. Yeah, we have to be (laughs) because so frequently people are making, uh, they're making rules to try to protect them. And I understand why. And there is, there is a next level. Like you will, after you've done that for a while, you will probably find that you're ready for a relationship philosophy, but some people never get introduced to it. So I'm mm. jazzed about I'm that. really curious because if anybody has listened to Amory podcast, they know that Marty and I, when we opened up our marriage, we, everything was rules-based, yeah. you know, we did that. And now looking back at it, I'm like, oh, that's what was creating safety. The rules yeah. were creating safety for us as, as it, they do for society. You know, there's a reason that we use rules. And I think that there is that next evolution up, you know, right. how do we be with, understand ourselves so much that we can let go of the safety of rules and actually be present in the moment of what is emerging and to be emotionally current and to state our needs and make requests of our partners. And like, it's much more flowy than the rigid, the rigidity of rules. So I am very interested in that. 
Yeah. And that's, so what I, I have a framework and I walk people through it through the year of opening and through my private coaching. So we obviously can't do all of that because literally I teach this for a year. We talk and work our way through this and we like, mm-hmm. and it's awesome, but we can get into, okay, how did that, how does that work? How do we live it? How does that happen? Um, and like Ken's going to be there. He and I have been doing this kind of, we've had a relationship philosophy for 14 and a half wow. years, 15 years. 15 years on the nose, we'll be, um, we'll be there on our anniversary. Um, like on our, on our, I love you versary. Um, so, so I'm, I'm also excited to just, yeah, like have people be in, in our space and be able to ask the questions that I know that they, they want to ask like, so, but really, but really how, like, how does that Mm -hmm. actually work? And I think it's important. I am glad Ken's coming because, He's been open his whole adult life in some form or another, but has also existed in monogamous containers. And oftentimes I notice that the that the men in the group really want to talk to another man who has been who has has really been through this and worked on it enough that it becomes who you are. Like I am mm. in full-blown NRE and this human is standing next to me, like with so much compersion, I cannot even like. He is like a full moon to my son right now. And it's, that is not something like, it's not an expectation. You don't have to, it's not better than, but, but it's because he's spent 56 years becoming who he is that that's possible. And I like, he's not perfect. God knows he has his flaws, but I think it's, it's juicy to say, you know, Ken is not a, a professional, like he's not a psychologist. He's not a therapist. That's not what he does. Mm -hmm. He's a software architect who does this work because it matters to him. Yeah. Who's embodied it. It's embodied. Exactly. Embodied. And that is knowledge. That is wisdom at a different level when it's embodied. And that is my aim. And my hope is that when people leave, they have embodied a piece you know, and really settled into their nervous system, into their identity. And I remember the piece that I was going to talk about before is the reason our ego gets so threatened is that we, if we do put ourselves into situations, we are at risk of, of quote unquote, dying to the person that we were, you know, that is a true ego threat to be like, I may not know myself when I come out of here. And if we can hold ourselves in that space to know, okay, part of me may quote unquote die, change, whatever, what, but what can, what can emerge? And that to me is so exciting. Right. So two of the things that I want to bring are directly related to that concept. Um, One is the, the shadow work and, and let's be, so NRE and, and, and jealousy are the easy ones because then we can get into the sexual (laughs) shadow. And this is my favorite. I love the sexual shadow. Um, People often think that sexual shadow work is going to involve like BDSM practices and and kink and whatever is in their imagination of that. But sexual Mm -hmm. shadow work is actually much more profound than that. Um, And all of it is about allowing for the ego death because that's what shadow work actually is. It's Mm -hmm. allowing for ego death so that you can know more of yourself. It's, that's just another language for it. But the other piece I want to bring is my inner counsel process, which will allow you to meet the parts who are currently, um, waiting to be born. Like they want to be known, right? They, there they are. And I, so I was trained in Jungian psychology and in later than I trained in more traditional modern psychotherapy. And in the modern psychotherapy world, we have this internal family systems model, mm-hmm. IFS, where people talk about parts work, super important. I love that. And it works wonders for so many people, but I've simplified the process uh, into mm. my inner counsel process. And I leave your, your so-called parts as whole autonomous beings who exist within you. And it's, it's not complicated. It's five steps. It's, you know, you can do it with crayons. It's very, very straightforward, <laughs> but that like, be, again, doing this in community, being witnessed, welcoming your counsel in, you want to, you want to wow. blow the doors off your soul. It will yes. do it. It will do it. Oh. So yeah, I that's some so of the juicy stuff I've got for you. 
That, that and more. What I love about the opportunity to come together for days on end is that the workshops trigger and bring up things that then trickle into these really beautiful organic conversations. And as you allow yourself to meet others in these organic conversations, these aha moments can happen sitting on a catamaran, you know, looking out at the ocean where something just like, whoa, you know, we continue. It's like we are bringing up all of this stuff to the forefront. And then I trust that here's again, where experiential alchemy comes to play. Like I trust that people are going to create the experiences that are perfect for them in that moment, a conversation, something that's sparking your interest, someone that you're like, I don't know why, but I need to talk to this person or wow, what they shared really impacted me. And I want to go let them know. And then all of a sudden you're in another conversation and these beautiful breakthrough moments happen organically. And they're not just organically like, oh, we don't know where it came from. No, we know that we have created the context and put in, sprinkled in some conversations that are triggering these beautiful moments if we allow for them, you know, and that allowance is, can we create a safe space with some energy? (laughs) It's like safe space with a little bit of tension. (laughs) Yeah. um, Courageous space. Courageous space. I love that. Yeah. 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 And I personally, I'm excited to just be present. A lot of times when I, um, when I do go away and teach, um, or I'm speaking, um, I notice that anything outside of the bubble of my, like my official, like here, I've taught this. There are two kinds of people. They're the kind who come up and they will like just glom on and they're like, okay, now I'm going to, I'm going to get the teacher's attention. Right. And then there are the people who really genuinely want to be in contact and, and want to co- converse too, but are too shy. All of that is good. And I just wanted to name that like my goal is to be present with with you. Like this is a horizontal mm-hmm. experience. I happen mm-hmm. to come with a whole bunch of stuff that I've been cooking up for a decade and a half, but I like I'm just there. So you don't yeah. he, you don't need to be in that that polarized dynamic of either like, no, I'm going to give Jolie all her space, nor <laughs> do you need to feel like, oh my gosh, I have to go ask all my questions in this five minutes because mm-hmm. we're just going to be there together, having conversations. And that's really exciting to me because during the time that I've been teaching as a sex educator, um, you know, I teach on kink, I teach on non-monogamies, I teach on imagination, I teach on um, creating safe spaces. I teach, I teach teaching, which is really interesting. (laughs) There's often not that conversation, but where there is, that's where the magic happens. Mm -hmm. So much amazing stuff happens in those those in-between synchronicities that just, yeah, you can't yeah. have to be in it. No, I, I remember from last year, I remember sitting down at lunch and I learned so much at an informal lunch conversation from a handful of the participants that were there. They were sharing their experience. And I remember there was this moment with one of the participants and she was sharing the way that she relates to herself and her body and her ability to be intimate with others. And I was relating my experience and I'm like, I have so much to learn from you. Like, I didn't know that perspective. And she was like, oh my God, I'm being introduced to your perspective. And I didn't know anything about that either. And so we like we came together in this mutual learning from each other to say like, I'm familiar and safe over here and you're familiar and safe over here and look at what we can bring. Um, and those, that was just an organic unplanned moment. And that like, that's just one of many, many, many that occurred for me, for other people. And that I'm sure, you know, we can host up to 40 people for this retreat. So this is not going to be a small group. We're, no, it's, <laughs> like, this I is, think it's, it's perfect. good. Like, it's, it's a it's good perfect. amount to have lots of interaction with a lot of different people. And already the people that have signed up um, are from different places, have different experiences. And I, you know, I know half of them that have already signed up and they're like, I know the quality of individual that is coming to this. Yeah. And I can only imagine the, um, like, oh, the amount of exchange of information, the creation of fun experiences and memories, and then having friendships and connections that last much longer than just the five days or six days we're together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if a WhatsApp chat group doesn't come out of this, what will we really have done? (laughs) I don't even understand. No. (laughs) Oh, it's going to start beforehand. We're going to start beforehand getting used to each other. And my intention and hope is that we can bring people together on calls so we can actually lay a little bit more of the foundation for what it is that we'll be experiencing together. Some of the concepts, because the the time is limited, you know, it's finite. And so we will be able to have these these workshop experiences. Um, and I want to make sure that there's like a level of, of, yeah, vocabulary understanding so yep. that we can come together and hit the ground running to be yeah. like, okay, let's do it. 
And if people have ever worked with me, then they know like all of my clients receive, um, they're, they're all in a coaching hub where they're all the vocabulary is there. All of your resources that are there, all of everything that's re- been recorded is that like, I am an organizer by nature. So if you're you so organized, type, I love you. <laughs> if you happen to be type A or type A minus, I'm your girl. And I'm this way because I was raised in utter chaos. So this is my safety. It helps me, but Mm-hmm. Like it also helps us create meaning. We cannot actually create meaning without shared meaning. Um, so I love that we're going to do this. And both you and I are expert container setters. So I'm very excited to have a container where I don't have to hold the whole thing. Like I get to be mm-hmm. with you and, and be held. That's really exciting for me because yeah, usually there is a like, okay, I got it. I'm holding the thing yeah. this time. Yeah. It's both ends. And that's very exciting. Yeah. Oh, Megan, I'm so excited about this. It's going to be awesome. So if people are wanting to come, where should they head, Megan? I'll put the link. Is there an easy link? I don't think we have an easy link. I'm going to have to put it in the show notes because I don't think we have an easy link. I don't know if we do, but we can create it. It's, yeah, all of the information, uh, including pictures of the place that will stay, the different prices. Um, Oh, by the way, I don't know when you're publishing this, but we've got our early bird discount (laughs) that lasts until... June 30th, 30th or July. Okay. June 30th. Yeah, so if yeah, you're June looking 30th. for $200 off, that is already included in the prices. And then they go up by $200 after that. So yeah, please and, book soon. And people on my mailing list, I like, I have a stack of bonuses as well. It's that's worth actually the cost of the retreat. So if you you're happen, so if you happen to want to talk to me <laughs> about your relationship, <laughs> about your structures, about what you're doing, I'm offering a breakthrough session. And then if you want to also be part of the year of opening, um, there's a special, special bonus for you for that. Um, I will make sure that there is an easy link as well. And Ken and I will pop that into the beginning and then we'll put it in the show notes. So you'll be able to find this um, nature. The nature of relating is going to be magic magic, Mm -hmm. Megan, and tell everybody where they can hear more from you and about you. Uh, If they want to find more about me, Amory podcast. So it's on all of the different channels. Um, Instagram at Amory podcast. Uh, My personal handle is the loving challenger. Uh, What else? Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's I think that's good. good People start. Get get their dip their toes into the waters of Amory podcast because if you if you like playing with fire like I feel like we're sister podcasts very much so yeah mm-hmm. awesome thank yeah. you so much I'm for so joining excited. me Megan this is going to be thank awesome. you Julie I am I feel like the energy is already there we're just like living into it and totally. then we get to ex- experience it yeah there's no one right way to design your relationship and lots of people actually about 25%, according to a recent national survey, are interested in some type of open relationship. But how do you know if you are ready to open up happily? Not everyone is, and that's no problem. I've got a 60-second quiz that will give you the answer. And even better, you'll walk away with your next step, whether you're good to go or not so much when it comes to opening up. And this is no BuzzFeed nonsense. I personally designed this quiz from my years of academic research. Go to joliquiz.com. That's J-O-L-I-Q-U-I-Z.com and find out if you're ready to open up happily and what to do if you are or if you're not.